Welcome to the Abundant Grace Podcast. I'm your host, Emily Lewis, and I am so glad you're here. My hope is that each episode feels like you're having tea or coffee with a friend. Religiosity can complicate our relationship with God, and it can feel more like a heavy burden than the abundant life that Jesus came to give us. I know what it's like to want a relationship with God and to feel like you have to do all the things the right way to keep God happy. Learning that God loves me and even likes me has changed my life and how I approach faith, the Bible, work, family. Because when you are grounded in your worth and God's grace, it does change everything. And I want to share that with you here. I pray that this podcast empowers you in your unique, genuinely personal relationship with God and encourages you to rest in who God is and who he says you are. Hi there, friend. Welcome to this week's episode of the Abundant Grace Podcast. We are back into our series on trusting God and more so today, almost relearning to trust God when we have this vision of who God is in our minds and we, we know like that's not how we want to be viewing God, but it's the, the view of God that we've been handed. And I want to just say like, first off that view of God that you've been carrying and maybe you feel shame around it. Uh, I just was talking to a client not that long ago about their view of God and it was a super honest and raw conversation. And there can be this, like, I can't believe I feel this way. Like after we get, we dig down deep into like, wow, this is really how I feel about who God is. And this is, these are my fears. And I can't believe that they're this horrible and this out of line with my heart. Like my heart is not aligned with that kind of belief. Um, but I want to help you remove some of that shame at the front end of this episode, because the way that you view God totally makes sense. The experiences that you've had, the way that you've been taught about God and the Bible, it makes sense that God feels distant and he feels harsh and that you would fear messing up because he's going to get you, that all makes sense because that's been the God that has been represented to you. So no shame and no guilt um, around that. It just is what it is. And if we're honest about where we're at, it really is a beautiful starting point to say, wow, this is actually how I'm feeling. This is legitimately how mad I am or how confused I am or how happy I am with where things are right now. That lets us lay the foundation for where we're going and where we, you know, the steps that we want to take if we start at that point. So if we have this view of God that is feeling like he might be harsh, I want to help us kind of unpack that and at the end of this episode, hopefully you walk away a little bit lighter with some things to chew on, not guaranteed that they will just all fix themselves. That's why I do like four months of coaching at a time with people. It's because this stuff takes time to untangle for sure. 
but I hope this episode gives you some building blocks and some stepping stones to begin to unpack this um, for yourself. So we learn to trust God, not because he is harsh or threatening to leave us. And we can have this idea that God is like a parent who's impatient at a park and we're like, we're leaving. I'm leaving without you. Okay, we're going now. And you know, the implication under all of that is I'm leaving and I'm leaving without you. You better come now. And I think you can kind of hear it, hear parents say it like in your mind as I talk about it. And we have this idea that God is the same way, that he is going to leave us if we don't get it together. And if we don't pull ourselves up by the bootstraps and like get our ish together, then he's going to leave. If we don't, if this time we just happen to miss his voice and we don't follow through, that this is the last time he's going to speak to us. I carry that fear. I operated out of that fear that he was going to leave. Like, okay, okay, I'll go obey. When in reality, that probably wasn't his voice to begin with. It was like my conscience that was not fine-tuned. It was a conscience informed by false guilt that was telling me, and not to mention our enemy, who would love to put those kind of thoughts in our mind that God was going to leave. But it was my... um, weak conscience that was like, God's going to leave you if you don't do this. And God isn't like that. God promises to stay and he promises never to leave you. And we can take so much comfort in that fact. And that's why we trust him. We don't follow him and obey his commands to say, leave per this example, because he's threatening to walk away without us. We learn that he is trustworthy and we learn, God, you do want my best and you do have a plan for me and you do know more than me and you can accomplish things that are completely outside of my own abilities. So I'm going to follow you. I'm going to go with you. I'm going to leave where I'm at or I'm going to stop what I'm doing or I'm going to come do what you're calling me to do. Not because you're going to leave me if I don't but because you want to go with me and you're empowering me and you're calling me and you love me. He loves you. And love isn't going to manipulate you and threaten you with leaving if you don't shape up. Love isn't going to say, well, I like you if you come with me. I approve of you. I accept you if you come do what I tell you to do. God loves you right where you're at, in whatever you're at. Not once you take certain action or once you cut certain things out of your life. He loves you and promises never to leave you. Those are the kind of promises that allow us to trust him. Also, the stunning fact that it's not just hard things that God uses to get our attention or draw us back to himself. Remember, he uses the good and he uses um, precious things to teach us. And he uses joy and 
easy seasons to teach us. Sometimes we feel like the only place where we're going to learn is the valley. So we're afraid to say, God, please teach me. God, please refine me. As if the only place that he can do that is in the valley. And there are such sacred moments in the valleys. But it's not the only tool that he uses. And this is a good segue into my next point. I have to give credit to Jackie Hill Perry um, for articulating this recently, talking about praying scary prayers and how we shy away a lot of times from praying prayers like, God, give me patience. Because then like, well, I don't want to go through what it's going to take to learn patience. And if I pray for patience, then I'm going to go through um, some trying things that are going to force me to be patient. And they're going to force me to wait. And we don't want that. So we don't pray those prayers. Or we don't want to ask God to refine us. We don't want to ask him a lot of times to remove the dross out of our lives and purify us because we're scared. And those are scary prayers. We don't want to ask God a lot of times to humble us. We think, ah, I am not asking him that because I'm going to be pulverized if I ask him that. But that's where we can identify our lacking view of who God is because he's not the devil and he's not um, our enemy seeking to destroy us. He's not wanting to pulverize us. He's not waiting for our permission to like, he's not waiting for us to surrender so that he can pulverize us. We see in Job, like God gave Satan limits of his power. Like you can go up to this point and Satan went to like toe to the line. He went all the way. He went the distance. He didn't hold back. He went as far as he could to try to destroy Job. But God, God isn't like that. If he wants to teach us patience, if we pray for humility, if we pray for God to refine us and transform us from the inside out, it's not always going to be easy. It's not always going to be pleasant. It's not always going to be mountaintops, but we can trust that God is going to be gracious and merciful in those teaching, in those lessons, that he's not going to have an agenda to destroy you or teach you a lesson or prove something to you that he's strong and you're weak. I hope these ideas stir something up inside of you to help you recognize where these moments are in your life, um, where you might be hesitant um, to trust God or where you're filling in a narrative about who God is or who you've been taught God is into situations that maybe have caused you to be um, hesitant or kind of hold God at a distance unsure and uneasy. And I say that with zero pressure to just quote unquote, figure it out or just have more faith and get rid of your doubt, right? You just have more faith because this is what it's all about. No, I'll say it again. Trust, trusting God. It's an invitation. He's slowly 
earning your trust. He's not demanding your trust. He's earning it. And when we recognize these things in our lives, it just helps us notice them for what they are, lies, and from where they came from. And we can identify if they came from a church experience or specifically from our enemy or thought patterns that have previously kept us um, safe because we were not in a space where it felt safe, like our bodies did not feel safe um, to do that thing or go through with that thing um, that we were being told was the way to trust God. If we have those things, those, or if we have those thoughts, one of the reasons they could be there was to serve a purpose of keeping us safe. And so we can thank that thought. We can thank that thought for keeping us safe. And then we can establish the patterns that we want to in building that trust that we have in God um, as we're relearning who he is and what he says about us. If you want to go deeper on who God says that you are, I encourage you to come take my challenge, rest in your God-given identity. It's a four-day challenge to help you know who God says you are, because we need this reminder over and over and over and over again, right? That's part of this work is reminding ourselves who we are and who God says we are and who he is. Go to yourrelationshipwithgod.com forward slash identity to get into that challenge and be encouraged with songs, action steps, and truth being spoken over you every single day for those four days in your inbox. Go to yourrelationshipwithgod.com forward slash identity. Thank you again for hanging out with me. Let me know what were your takeaways from this episode? Do you see these patterns in your life and how are you confronting them and healing them? Until next time, I hope you have a great week, friend. Thanks for listening to the Abundant Grace Podcast. If this episode was an encouragement to you, I would love to invite you to share it with a friend. And it would help me out so much if you would leave a review for the Abundant Grace Podcast. It makes a world of difference getting this podcast into the ears of other people so that they can be empowered and freed from religious do's and don'ts too. As always, I would love to hear your thoughts on this week's episode. You can find me hanging out on Instagram at emily.abundantgrace, or you can send me an email at hello at emilyklewis.com. I'm praying for you and cheering you on in your faith and healing. Have a great rest of your day. And remember, there's nothing you can do that will make God love you more and nothing you have done that makes God love you less.